the virtual cafe. My guest today is Leslie Stahl, and Leslie and I have known each other for many, many years through some women's uh, business development community. Uh, it was the Commonwealth Institute we first met. Um, I am very lucky that she actually picked the colors in my apartment. And so when I moved into this home 10 years ago, which sort of, sort of shocks me, I said, Leslie, I'm just you know, trying to figure out how to make, the, make this my own. So she was gracious enough to come in and we worked together and she asked great questions. And so as people are now dealing with home offices, on a snap, everybody had to make their corner. This is my little corner world into a home office. So the first thing we're going to talk about is how, you know, to design a home office. And then we're going to talk a little bit about what companies are thinking about right now. We're going to certainly have some time for all of you to um, ask some questions. Um, if you are in a noisy spot, please be kind and thoughtful and put yourself on mute. Um, and if you want to only see Leslie, you can go up to the um, little box at the top and you can click speaker view instead of the gallery view. And so you will only see the uh, her as the active speaker. So if you're trying to learn a little bit about Zoom, that might be something that will help you. Um, and then when this recording is done, we will go ahead and share that with all of you. So Leslie, what happened when all of this happened? Did you get phone calls? And what are you seeing that people are finding they like and don't like? And I'm actually finding people who are not necessarily in, um, in your space saying to me, oh my gosh, we've got to rethink our house. If we have to have home offices and kids at home, we've got to rethink our space. What are you seeing? What can you share? A lot of, the first thing that happened was the phone stopped ringing. Because no, every, every project either went on hold or was canceled. But then we started getting, and as a friend of mine said, it was lucky we do work for private homes as well as corporate and institutional work. But um, the phone did start ringing and mostly about, um, I'm, my back hurts, my leg hurts. I need to find a comfortable chair. Like, get, just get me a chair. Can I have my chair from the office? I want one at home. And, uh, and I think that's where the first calls were coming in on how to make it more ergonomic, how to make it more comfortable. Um, I really missed my office office. These are cor the corporate clients took me home years ago. I never did work in private homes, but they loved what happened at their office and they brought me home. And then it really became two different specialties. But, um, and now I see that again, where people at home are saying, I want my office set up. But on top of having home offices being requested, what we're working on, in fact, this morning, is a friend who, uh, and long-term client, who wanted, wants an indoor pool because all the pools are closed. And people of certain means, what they're missing, they might have a home gym already, they might have uh, a putting green indoors, but they don't have a, a swimming pool that they can swim in in the cold. And so I found that interesting and I think is COVID driven. We've also asked for the typical kitchens and baths and I attribute that to COVID because some of these are only 10 years old. They've just now are actually being in them, using them more and they realize they maybe don't function. And then the last thing people uh, have asked for is just new lighting. And I think that's Zoom driven. I think people are seeing that it's hard to find a place where you can see yourself and see the background. 
I'm going to unmute myself. I'm muting myself because I live near um, down. I live near North Station, and anybody who knows, all of a sudden the motorcycles are going by. So what happens is the anti-closed down group drives by every so often with loud noising and honking, and you know is open up the economy. And so I will be back and forth with mute um, issues. No, it's interesting what you're saying that. So I actually, at one point I'll grab it. I have a ring light that actually creates more light for me as I am sitting in my new corner office here in the corner of my little apartment. What are you finding that you're seeing people who are needing to be mobile? I mean, some people are saying to me, you know, um, when my kids are in class, they have the dining room table. Now all of a sudden I'm needing to be in a, in a corner. And so how can people kind of think about this mobile design, if you will? That's really interesting. And I also think the whole, um, if we can also pair that with sit stand, people at the office have desks that they can sit down in their ergonomic chair, which by the way, if you have an ergonomic chair, sit all the way back in your chair, let the chair do its work so that your back can relax into it and you have a lot more energy and we can go into ergonomics later but i think that the idea of the sit stand is when you're sitting and sitting properly even in a great chair you shouldn't be sitting all day so you want to stand up and i discovered that kitchen counter height is actually a pretty good standing height for me at 36 inches high so i can just move some papers over to my kitchen I don't have a stand-up desk, you know, one that goes up and down, but I don't really need to if I can just go into the kitchen and work. What I've noticed in uh, a lot of uh, my daughter-in-law, for instance, it, if she's on the call, hi, Jennifer. Um, hi. But she, she's on. <laughs> but, you know, you could have, I noticed that she has a desk set up in her bedroom so that she can get away from the kids. And I think that a lot of people who wouldn't even want to have a desk in the bedroom because they want to separate work from from uh life from sleeping uh they're they're now reconsidering that idea because at least you know i think most kids know parents bedroom often you know has rules and uh maybe not all families but i think that is a place that some people can get away so i think it's really important to understand um and a designer can help you i think a lot of people feel helpless uh one of our clients actually just sent a bunch of stuff to Suma, who might also be on the call right now, um, to say, these are the things I found on Amazon that look good, but can you tell me if these are going to fall apart in five minutes? And had Suma analyze whether her concepts were good, and Suma sent her an alternative for one thing and told her one of the things that she liked was actually a fine company, and she could buy that. And so I think even if we're not doing a full redesign, we have this experience about work, uh, efficient ergonomic workspace that, and that looks good. That's kind of what we do. So we can help you with little stuff too. So I was on the call, um, I'm, I'm a consultant for a company that does industrial or commercial cleaning. They're actually gonna be going back to work soon as this is changing at 25%. Um, and so they're having to, you know, work within a company's guidelines. And, and then they're also at the same time redoing their own offices, which obviously got shut, all that construction got shut down, um, you know, when that was taking place in the beginning. They're not having to do a lot of redesign because they, they hadn't necessarily embraced this whole open space concept. 
how is that going to be changing as offices are going to call you and companies are going to call you, you know, are you going to have face shields? I mean, you know, how is the new office going to be looking? Um, and some of this may be temporary, but I also think it just makes the whole idea of how can you, you know, move and adapt as we need to be from, you know, big companies, little companies. And what are some thoughts around that? Well, and I've heard it described that there's sort of three phases. The first phase is now everybody shut down. We know that there is still a live virus with no treatment, successful treatment, and no successful vaccine yet, no approved vaccine yet. So phase one means, yes, we're going to be wearing face masks in the office. We are going to continue to work from home. It is absolutely, you are protected in case your, your employer is pushing you to come to work and you don't want to. You are, it is a protected class to stay home because you're afraid of the virus legitimately. You might be afraid for your own personal safety or just because you're worried about being the cause of something for other reasons. So um, you can stay home. And I think that really leads to phase two, which is we have a treatment. People feel more comfortable about going back to work. More people go back to work. I think the rule in Massachusetts, only 25% anyway of your staff to begin with. So I think that's kind of phase one. But phase two means people will be going back. But I think what will not change is that people will need a comfortable home office. I don't think that's changing. I think it's foolish to think that everyone's gonna work from home. It's not gonna happen. It might work for certain roles. It might work for certain people, but people will be going back to work. They may not be wanting to go back five days a week. The commute was a killer for many people. They may choose to go in two days a week and work from home three days a week. We have someone who's been working for us for 20 years remotely. Since, since 2010, that it, from, yeah, since 2000, we moved into Cambridge in July of 2000, and I, and I kept thinking, how am I gonna keep Monique? She's coming all the way from the South Shore. She's not gonna wanna come to Cambridge. And we came up with this idea of setting her up at home, paying for good internet, a good computer, and having her set up at home so she could work from home and, and be in the office because she's so awesome, we need her we need that steam coming out of her ears, inspiring everyone else in the office. So I think that may be the future where people need comfortable workspace, both at home and at work. I don't buy- She's with us today on Zoom. <laughs> is she great? Hi, Monique. Um, and I think that the, um, what won't change is, I think what won't change is the need to collaborate. And so, that means that two things have to happen. We're going to, in the short run, yes, we're going to sit checkerboards. We're going to have a single circulation path. We're not getting rid of people sitting in close proximity together for the long term. But we also, by having at home spaces and at work spaces, spaces that people can work in more separated fashion, will be prepared for phase two or three or whatever's going to be happening. And so uh, there'll be technology that'll make it easier for people to team remotely. There are teams, there are global teams that are now collaborating remotely that they've been doing it for years. So this isn't, the technology exists. The, the companies are going to have to invest in some of the technologies that will help this happen. But I think when you look at it from a home perspective, there are people working from home and they have another job 
out of the home. And there are people who have small businesses who only work from home. And it turns out that I don't think the needs are that different. I think now everyone's realizing, even if you're only working from home two or three days a week, it's gotta be comfortable. It's gotta have good lighting. It's gotta have what you need. And companies are gonna have to pay for that. I don't think the real estate is going needs at work are gonna go away though. I think, you know, this idea that there's not gonna be any people working out of offices is crazy. It's not gonna be that way. You know, I saw the um, CEO of Wayfair speak last week on Zoom, and he fully admitted that they were not a work from home company. That was not their mindset at all. And he fully admitted that this has been a game changer. And it was pretty interesting. And what I can do uh, once that recording for that talk is, is available, I'm happy to share it. But it was interesting to hear him kind of do a little bit of a you know, my words, not his, of a little bit of a humble pie saying, you know, we used to think everybody needed to come in. Um, you know, there are still some needs for that, but it was interesting seeing him say, you know, and also because some people could be in call centers, but they didn't need to be actually in an office call center. They could be, you know, working remotely. I mean, I think, you know, maybe it was JetBlue or Delta Airlines or Southwest maybe was probably, I think, one of the first places that did it. And I would have fun every time I called Southwest. I'm like, where are you? You know, are you in your kid's bedroom? Are you in, you know, and are you in Kansas? Are you in, you know, Oklahoma? You were always talking to somebody. And, and a lot of the call centers, interestingly enough, and Leslie and I share both being ex-Midwesterners, a lot of call centers are Midwest because you have that friendly, easygoing, accent neutral, you exactly. know, population. Um, Leslie, Larry has asked a question here and anybody else is welcome to, to post questions in the chat or if you want to say it out loud, Larry, I don't know if you want me to ask your question, but he says, I have a functional, comfortable office, but it has too much light even with the windows covered. I have to take my laptop into the darkest bedroom for Zoom calls. What, are, what would be your suggestions for, for Larry? Larry and anybody else, please share your questions. Well, I mean, clearly you could do better window treatment if, is it a south facing window? Um, Southwest probably is the worst. Uh, you can get complete light blockout so you don't have to leave your office. Uh, you also could uh, look at your screen settings because it's possible that if you brighten or darken your screen, it will help you see in the brighter light, the brighter screen, and maybe that is something that you haven't been able to do. Um, and I think that uh, if you supplement, you were saying, what was his issue with the, was too much glare on his laptop or he just couldn't see the? Too much backlight, really. Too much backlight. Yeah, and then, yeah. which causes me to be blacked out when in a Zoom call. And so by turning it around so that your desk is under the window? Yeah, and then um, the background isn't appropriate, I guess, at that point, so. Yeah, so then we'll have to go to virtual backgrounds if, if you're worried about Zoom. Mm -hmm. um, because the natural light will always be more flattering. This light actually looks good. You're getting that side light, so you're sideways to the light. Are you in a dark bedroom right now? Uh, it's the, the darkest. The house is very open concept and well lit, so the, the, the shades are drawn in, in the two windows in the room, so it, it becomes the darkest room. And, then, and this is a gadget, Larry, you may want to look at. It's a ring light. Um, it actually has a holster here for a phone. 
so you can actually broadcast from your phone on that. So you, it's not a huge difference, but it's somewhat of a diff difference. It infills. Yeah, mm -hmm. it fills. Yeah, I do have a light, not, not a ring light. It does help. Um, I think and my phone camera might be better than mine. It is more, certainly newer than my laptop and my desktop. So I'll try, I will try that. And the other thing is that the window treatments sometimes are not measured properly. And so you get a lot of light leakage on the side, even when you pull them down. And so if you, if I'll just turn this for just a second, but you can see that there's a drapery that falls down right next to that blind. And so you can cover that gap with some colorful or not colorful if you're not a colorful person. Uh, you can cover that with a, with a curtain that often that'll help just that one little bit that will um, make the difference between too glary and, and just right. Mm -hmm. Another thing you may want to look at, Larry, is when I was in Alaska, the window treatments were completely different because it's in the summertime, it's daylight all the time. So you may want to actually move and see if there's something different. Just Google Alaska. I don't know. There might be Alaska window treatments that are, that are different. I don't know. <laughs> we may have to do that for you just to find out if Alaska does anything different. They certainly have short days and long, and long days. So, um, Leslie, one of the big questions that's coming in now is, are we ever going to go out to eat again? And I feel like that's the most uncomfortable of all of the activities. You know, the, the clients who can't go to the pool, I think the pools will reopen even if they did every other lane or something like that. In the short run, there still will be pools open. And I know restaurants will be open, but I think more people will feel uncomfortable. Even Sweden, um, which has had it completely open the whole time and definitely has more deaths than neighboring countries with uh, smaller, pop with larger populations, excuse me. Um, what Sweden has found is that people aren't going out anymore because they're afraid. And so they realize, so I think restaurants are the last to recover, but what the economist from Harvard who, um, whose child is at uh, RISD, and so he was part of the RISD uh, connection talks that they're, get, that they're doing, um, he said that restaurants actually will be a bounce back industry. So they'll be closed longer, but then they will bounce back. If they can survive, they'll bounce back. And of course, takeout, I think, is helping them at least survive in the, long, in the short run. Um, hopefully that can hold them going for a while. But I'm, and so you're, I know you're a Red Sox fan. What's going to happen when you, you know, when it comes time to, for sporting arenas? I mean, if you were going to be designing the suites or how all of that is going to look different for those types of populations that are really dense, what can we look for in those situations as those get into a redesign? I think that in the end, when you go to see the Celtics or Fenway, you're going because you want to be part of that crowd. I just love being hoarse at the end of the night from shouting at terrible pitchers or at, uh, you know, missed dunks. So I think that, um, or even just great dunks, you know, yay, and I love that. So I think that, that that's not, that design is not changing. Whether people will, f I, I don't think they're going to feel comfortable wearing a mask and screaming. So I think that that might be step one is to wear masks, but I think it's just not going to happen until there's a vaccine and until most people are vaccinated. 
So let's talk about how you start a project. I call you up and I say, Leslie, I've been housebound. I am in small space. Um, you know, what would be a couple of things that you would suggest I do, you know, short term, long term, as I think about, I, I fully believe that for the rest of my life, I'm going to want to have a better home office setup. Even if I get a job that had a corner office, I'm going to want to have something that is, I mean, it's, my place is small. You've been a, you've been a guest in my home. It's, it's, it's on the smaller side of things. Um, I certainly could be more efficient. We can talk about that separately with, you know, but what, how would you start that project? What were some questions that you would ask me? I remember the questions you asked me when we were talking about colors, but let's say I win the lottery and I'm like, Leslie, gut my apartment. What would you do first? Well, the first thing that you have to realize when you come to a design firm is that a custom design is like a bespoke suit. So you, you maybe you start with picking out pretty fabrics, but generally what will happen is we'll look at you. If I'm designing a suit for you, then are you a person who has wide shoulders and narrow hips or narrow shoulders and wide hips? Because we're going to design a suit. If it's bespoke for you, if it's designed just for you, it has to fit. And so I think it's really important to kind of groove on who you are inside, not maybe where you are today to start with. To start with, think about who you are. And that's why when some of you may have seen this on the, um, on the little mailing that, Di <laughs> that Diane sent out, but you know, this was the, the home, can you see this? This was the home office for the person who just wanted light and bright and everything white and it's a small space, I want everything white. And like, and maybe we didn't really consider too much glare, but uh, that's another thing you could do is paint everything dark on your wall that has too much light. But anyway, the white light and bright, are you that kind of person or style? Or are you more of an industrial, uh, modern black and and tech you like things that you can see all the parts and pieces that go together these are the same components just done in different ways or this one is is kind of we called it uh, playful uh, petite and playful because the chairs on the smaller side and and uh, this looks like it's actually a pretty big space but um, the idea is to understand I was gonna say that's that's most that's my living room right there you're looking at <laughs> yeah and this is Oh, I know, it's pretty funny. Um, so so we, we wanna understand kind of what, you're, what you like and what you dislike. And one of the things we do start with is what do you like about your current space? Because I wanna keep the things you like, and then what are the things you dislike? And that can be functional things or it can be aesthetic things, but all that information, you've gotta start from where you are and who you are. There are aspirational things too. Well, I wanna look like I won the lottery even if I didn't or I know I have a lot of money but I want to keep it modest we did a custom tile for a client in Cambridge who had a lot of money and who basically wanted it to look standard but he didn't like the exact standard sizes so he was willing to spend money to be slightly different exactly what he wanted at a premium to look norm to look like he didn't spend a premium so, so don't assume that you always, people always want the, you know, the most bang for their buck. <laughs> they don't necessarily. And what's important about custom design is, well, we can do that. We can do that. We can help you translate a feeling into a space. 
That's great. Um, Catherine Dander is a, a personal trainer and she has been, you know, going from a space where she's got lots of space and can move around and do the exercise. And now she's, you know, literally having people on her floor. <laughs> she's trying to, what would be some recommendations for someone who is in that kind of a situation and needing to, you know, do you want to say anything more, Catherine? Thank you for yeah, unmuting. It's actually, it's what, I mean, I've got a fairly, I, we, you know I live in Hawthorne, and so we have these little these enclosed porches. So that's what I'm using, pretty much. But I have to go from a standing position to a kneeling position to a laying down position with the same client on Zoom. So it's a continuous up and down with the, and I, and I, I'm like, there's got to be a better way, but I don't know what it is. All right, so first of all, on the technical solution, we have feel free, Monique. Right, feel free to contact us, um, which we are happy to talk to you about it. But I think that you might have a technological solution, which is an independent camera, because oh. you could mount a camera up high that can see you when you're both. You could put it on a tripod. You could put your camera on a tripod that's got a big enough uh, so distance. The phone. I take a Zumba class right now uh -huh. with um, my my Zumba instructor is a sales rep in the uh, wall covering industry, and uh, she just is amazing and amazingly fit. And she's out on her deck, and she sets the camera up high, um, and kind of up against the wall, looking down at her, and it seems to catch her because she we do squats, we do okay, you know, jumping up and down. Dancing so just like a phone camera? camera? Um, I, I can ask her. Yeah, that would be great. Thank you. I appreciate that. So you'll have to ask Diane for your contact or whatever okay. so I can reach out for, to her and ask her what she's doing because it definitely works for Zoom. Oh, that's great. Thank you. Um, <laughs> it's like, but I, around. <laughs> I also want to answer something in a generic way for everyone, which is uh, that I think that um, we... I was, I don't know if anyone else has been watching this, but Apple Plus has a stream, is a new streaming service. Well, not that new, but I think you can still get a 30 day trial if you want. And there's a series called Home, H-O-M-E. And it's amazingly well produced. Uh, the first one was a guy in Sweden who built a greenhouse around his house so he could have a temperate climate in the winter and grow food year round. He's completely independent. All the water recirculates, it's really amazing engineering, and he's an engineer. The second project's about this artist in, in Chicago that's uh, transformed part of uh, south side of Chicago slum area. It, he's amazingly creative and strong, and his success as an artist enabled him to get the funding to do this. He's gotten a lot of grant money too. The third one was this woman in Bali, who does, who's transforming the bamboo industry, which is in five years, you can grow a house. Think about that. You can grow the house. All the materials, everything's made out of bamboo. And in these large spaces, you know, it's not relevant to Emerson and Hawthorne, but when you, when you, uh, the fourth one is in Japan. And that one is an actual architect who um, had 330 square feet in his apartment. And his parents bought the apartment, I think in the 80s or 70s or 80s, and uh, for something like $30,000, and had seven people living in this apartment, in a 300 square foot apartment. Two, there were three bedrooms, 
The parents lived in one, the two sisters in one. They rented out the third bedroom for income. And then he had to sleep in the living room and take his bed apart and, you know, his bedding off the bed every day, fold it up. So when he took over this apartment, he had this inspiration of taking, you know, multi-purposing everything. He emptied out the space and he has walls that move to create rooms in the same space is basically, he calls it the infinite room because it can be so many things. And so I think getting back to Diane's earlier question about what if I need to be mobile, I have to move around. And you think about that example of, well, maybe a flip up table that can roll out of the way for people who are, who, who need it out of the way when they want to play on the floor with kids or do Zoom, you know, there might be a bigger room that we start putting things on wheels or making them transformable so that he has chairs that tuck into kitchen counters, under kitchen counters that come out and are be his chairs when he wants to sit and watch a movie. He takes his window treatment in the windows and he, it becomes a movie screen and he has a projector in the ceiling. So thinking creatively about this tiny space, it, it's amazing. And the, the fifth one is about a house in Maine that the guy charred the wood. It's another, so it's really quite a series and, a, and uh, not really what I was here to promote, but I think the important thing is that there are many solutions and many, and sort of thinking about what you want to accomplish. What is it? Is it that you really want to have friends feel comfortable when they walk into your house. Uh, we, we worked on a very big mansion in Brookline and that was her overriding concern is she loves to entertain, but she wants people to come in and just feel comfortable. And what we discovered, and one of the reasons that I think that house in particular is so comfortable is because there is stuff. It's not the minimalist thing of this Japanese guy who obviously lives by himself because who could? how could two people live in this you know, pristine, perfect place. But the idea of stuff around you, opposite of, of Marie Kondo, and not only does it, it, it matter whether it gives you joy, but it's part of creating that environment that is what you want to have in your life. Do you want your friends to come over and feel comfortable? Do you want the people who take your, your uh, exercise class to be able to see what you're doing properly you know like think about what are the needs and then we can solve for that problem you know it's interesting i remember saying to somebody every time i move one of the hardest decisions i have is what books do i give up and i was telling this to somebody um and she was like well why would you keep your books i'm like it's like I was just, she's, and, and when I was over at her apartment one time, she had a beautiful glass thing on, uh, uh, shelves on the wall, and it had, you know, vases and, you know, some artistic things, but absolutely no books. It's and amazing. I, it the was amazing. The Japanese guy did have books and CDs, very well organized, as does the Chicago ones. That's really amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, it but was that so has to do with you. Yeah, it was so foreign to me to think about not having books at all. And, you know, but that was something different. So, Leslie, this has been wonderful. What are some closing thoughts you can think of to share with us as we go into, you know, COVID 2.0? Um, we began to, you know, I, I personally think that many people are going to be working from home this summer. You know, Definitely. Um, I think they're working from home part time permanently, unless they really have to be in the office yeah. all the time. I think more people will be working 
part-time at least remotely. So if, if I was going to say, okay, this is now not a temporary thing, what would be three, five things you would say, Diane, do this, one, two, three, to get yourself set up for the summer other than win the lottery and hire you? <laughs> so there you go. Um, I do, I do think it's, uh, for instance, you, your living room, if you turned your sofa with it to it, to make the back away from the window, assuming I'm going to not need natural light when I sit in my sofa, I'm going to have it coming from behind me. But as an example, that turn of the sofa from against the wall, perpendicular to the window, to the wall that's to a parallel to the window facing away from the window, that space behind the sofa suddenly is a room. So when we look at the landscape, we talk about rooms. When we look at inside one room, there might be two or three rooms that are just different spaces that feel that are different functionally. You know, the idea of multi-purpose. Now, sometimes multi-purpose just doesn't work and you just have, you know, so I'm not claiming to be able to put 10 pounds of sugar in a five pound bag, but I do think that, um, you know, maybe it's cool to have some, some white sugar, some brown sugar, some black sugar, some, you know, like having it a little bit mixed up. And sometimes I move the sofa here, you know, like the idea of your, your, your initial idea about mobility, I think it's an interesting question. And rearranging your furniture and rearranging your art does make it feel like you have a fresh place. And I, I think these are things you can do yourself. I think you can declutter the areas you want to declutter and keep some clutter, maybe. <laughs> I didn't mean you personally, everyone, including, especially me, you don't want to look at my table right now. But the, you know, the decluttering areas will also give you a sense of space. And, and then there, and there are also things you can do like a, a dark piece of artwork behind glass functions as a mirror. Um, and and expands the space converse you know it's kind of counterintuitively from a uh, you think oh it's I want it bigger I want to have white and sometimes uh, that's true and sometimes it isn't but um, it's hard to sort of figure out uh, any one particular solution being generally great for everything so it's better to to be specific and not try to solve everything but solve for what your most pressing need is. Well, Leslie, thank you as always. This has been such a pleasure.